Hey, this is Michael. Thanks so much for listening to Soma's podcast. Before this week's teaching, I just want to take a second and thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing and subscribing. It makes a huge impact. Enjoy the message. We've been in a series called You Plus Me, and it's a relationship series because we serve a relational God who's been in relationship Father, Son, Holy Spirit, since the, since time began, and then He creates us in His image, and and then we're called to be in relationship with Him. And Jesus is asked, "What's the greatest commandment?" And He really makes it all about relationships: love God with everything you got, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And, um, and we've been talking a lot in this series about one another's. Fifty nine times in the New Testament is this phrase, "one another." Love one. We've talked about love one another and honor one another and submit one another. We talked about marriage one week. Last week we talked about generations. And this week I want to talk about um, a topic that we all need. Uh, and, and it's going to be heavy. I'm just going to let you know it's heavy. Um, but we're going to be talking about forgive one another this week. And uh, John 15, Jesus, he consolidates all of the laws. He consolidates everything that, that basically a, a leader comes to him and says, teacher, what is the, what's the greatest command? And then he consolidates all the law and the love God, love people. And then he further consolidates at John 15, 12. He says this, this is my commandment. I got one. I got one commandment that you love one another. And then he adds this little part, just as I've loved you. And we like, yeah, love one another. Got it. He's like, nope, just like, just like I loved you. And we're like, okay. And then uh, Paul in Galatians five, he gives commentary and he really quotes Jesus um, in Galatians 5.14. He says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And so we see one another, all th- like all the one another's, um, all throughout the New Testament. And uh, today we, we're going to hit another one. And it's this one, Colossians 3.13. It says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive how? as the Lord forgave you. How are we supposed to love one another? As Jesus loves us. How are we supposed to honor one another? The way God honors us. How are we supposed to forgive one another? The way God... And so, I mean, it sounds like the same thing, because it is, but from a different angle. So today we're talking forgiveness. And forgiveness is... Um, we love forget. We love grace. We love being a people of grace. We love, it. we love receiving grace. We love receiving forgiveness. It is not the most fun thing to have to extend to others. We don't really like extending it as much as we like receiving it. And so today that's what we're talking about is how we're called to both end. And so when Jesus was here on earth, he was talking to the disciples and he was helping them understand that they would be hurt, helping them understand that they would be disappointed, that they would be betrayed that, I mean, this is coming from Jesus who experienced all of these things. And he's like, just a heads up, Life is gonna, like all these offenses are going to come. And here's what he says in Luke 17, 1. Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. In your version, it may say this. It's impossible that no offenses would come. So there's going to be times when you stumble. There's going to be times when people hurt us. There's going to be times when you let somebody else down. There's going to be times where you betray or are betrayed by somebody else. And Jesus says, that's going to happen. And then he says this in verses 3 through 5. Look at this. He says, so watch yourselves. If your brother or your sister sins against you, rebuke them. Rebuke them. That's a word, it's a Bible word we don't use anymore. I love a good old-fashioned rebuke. It's so good. Basically, just tell them. Like, confront them. Talk about it. You know how passive we are as a society? Like, you know how passive we are culturally? 
people do things, say things out of order, you know it's wrong, and you're like, ah, I'm just going to let it go. And then, it go, and then you let it go, and then you let it go, and then you let it go. And then it's like three years later, you just blow up on somebody because you've like been so passive the entire time. Instead of dealing with things, instead of confronting things, hey, what you said to me, not cool, man. We need to work on, like, I love you. I'm for you. We need to work on, you know, so confronting them in love, truth in love. How, how do I lovingly sit you down and just like, rebuke you in a way that feels like I'm for you. That's what he's telling her. Rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sinned against you, and here it is. Oh man, look at verses, look at this. Even if they sinned against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. And then I love what the disciples say after this. They say, oh Jesus please increase our faith, right? So he's like, because he's like, hey, listen, you can forgive one another, that's great. And then he says, people are going to, um, there's going to be offenses, people are going to do things to you. As a matter of fact, if people do something to you seven times in a day and they come back and really repent seven times, you have to forgive them. And they're like, oh my God, this is like, so it's hard to forgive once. You and I live in a space, if we're being honest, where people hurt us, we're like, okay, cool. I'll give you a, a second chance. You know what I mean? Or maybe a third chance, like over the course of a lifetime, we're like, bro, strike three, you're out. You know what I mean? Like we, we cut people off after a certain period because we're like, dude, we can't keep doing this. This is insane. But uh, th- that's the way that we think about forgiveness. And the disciples look at what Jesus has asked them to do. And they're like, Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. And because we li- you and I as Christ followers, are really, we're really called to live. I mean, what God does for us is reconciliation. So Jesus, while we were still sinners, died for us. While we were far from God, not when we surrendered our lives, not when we looked like, not when we were trying, not when we wanted to be in relationship, while you were at your worst, God is in a ministry of reconciliation. Now it takes two for reconciliation, but it takes one for forgiveness. So you can forgive people all day long, even if you never reconciled. And so how do we do that? The Bible has a lot to teach us on this. And so my question is today, just to kind of get our minds going, is like, who, who in your life, think real quick, who has betrayed you? You're probably already there. Who's betrayed you? Who lied to you or lied about you? Who mistreated you, took advantage of you? Maybe a roommate stole something, right? A kid in school that bullied you. I think about kids in school. I think about Bus 43. Oh, my goodness. Bus 43. There's some characters on Bus 43. Miss Davis was my bus driver. Anyway, that, I'm thinking about like kids that bullied you at school, kids that said something to you online, a boyfriend that lied to you, ended up lying about you, a dad that you just wanted to please no matter what you did. He always seemed to make you feel small and insignificant. Thinking about a spouse that you trusted and believed in that betrayed your trust, crushed your spirit. I'm just casting a wide net. I'm hitting all of you. Okay. The authority figure in your life, someone that you admired, someone you should have protected should have protected you, but instead of protecting you, they took advantage of you. Who hurt you? Who, who's in need of forgiveness, right? Um, and right now in our church family, man, I, I know this is true because I know that right now in our church family, kids who don't speak to their parents, marriage is on the brink of divorce, parents who don't speak to their kids, don't have a relationship with their kids, friends who've been betrayed, have been cut off, uh, I know people who've been abandoned by parents, people who've been abused sexually, people who were lied to, had things stolen from them. Um, and that's just in our church family. And if I'm being real, that's just in like the past few months. You're like, dang, yeah, you're human, right? So it's like, th- these, these are things that we have to deal with. How do we forgive when you don't feel like forgiving? 
And what if I try, but it just doesn't seem like the bitterness and the lack of forgiveness and all the things, they don't seem to go away. Um, it's like vacuuming. Our vacuum game in our, our house, I don't know what your vacuum game is like. Our vacuum game is not good. So uh, we have this old vacuum. It's like a big, you know, the ones with the big tank on the back? You know what I'm talking about? It has the cord and all the attachments, and it's like awkward. Brooke's dream is that we would get one of the, have you seen the Dysons that have, that? some of you are really excited right now. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. You're like, I don't vacuum, bro. I don't, it's not my, but, but for people who do, it's, it's got like a little back, a battery clip, and, and it's handheld, and there's no cord, and it's super light, and there's like a wand, and you, it's just magic. You know what I mean? It's Dyson, so it's, and that's her dream. That's not where we live. So we have this clunky old vacuum that we inherited and, um, and when, when I'm vacuuming, sometimes I don't know if this happens for you, but you'll be vacuuming and, uh, you're, you're getting up some of the dirt or whatever, but then there's like the lint that's stuck to the carpet and you hit it and then you pull back and it's still stuck and you hit it again. You pull back and it's still stuck. You change the settings, you hit it again. You're like hitting it from different angles. You like start to apply pressure. You know what I mean? You're cussing under your breath and reminding yourself at the same time you could do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You know what I mean? And then at some point, this is what I do. Sometimes you just pick it up. You pick the lint up. Then what do you do? You look at it, you throw it back down and you try, you try and get it again. Like, no, you would, you know, just so I don't, I don't know. That's so forgiveness feels that way. How, what is it like when you come at it from every angle and you can't seem to forgive? And, uh, and the Bible tells us, I mean, you know, this like things that you've held on some of you for decades and it just eats at your soul. Let's just be real. And unforgiveness is just drinking the poison and then hoping that somebody else dies. You know what I mean? And it's really just bitterness taking root in your soul. And, and, but there's just a biblical imperative um, to forgive one another. And the reason is not only for the other person, for their healing, for their benefit, for you to preach a great message with your life, but the, the, there's also a real benefit for you as well. And so um, this, is the God, this is the God that we serve, a God who loves us, a God who's for us. And, um, and I want to point to three different passages that uh, God clearly tells us as followers of Jesus that we're to forgive, and these should hit home. If nothing else I've said so far should, this should. Matthew five, forty-three. Jesus says, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And so Jesus is talking to uh, Romans, and Romans had a God who, um, they worshiped a God of vengeance, right? So you stab me, I'll stab you harder. You kill me, I'll kill you more. Like that's, that was Romans' God. And and then he's also talking to Jews, and Jews had, uh, Jews had a religion that just said eye for an eye, right? Like, hey, whatever the offense is, that's, that's what's required. And Jesus comes along, and Jesus says, yeah, love your neighbor and hate. Hate your enemy. He says, no, that's not the way we're going to live. We're going to live like this. I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? That's insane. And then Paul, he gives commentary for it in Ephesians 4. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving one another. Forgiving each other as, as uh, God in Christ has forgiven you. And then I think the most sobering passage I want to throw your way. Again, if you don't write anything else down during today or take notes or whatever, write down passages of Scripture. Go back and check my work. But Matthew 6, 14 through 15 
Jesus says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And if nothing needs to hit you in the face today, it's Matthew, Matthew 6, 14 through 15, will rock your world. And so God clearly points towards the fact that a huge part of relationships, a huge part of you plus me, a huge part of one another is forgiving one another. And so the, the question becomes, what does it mean to really forgive? Like, what's a biblical definition? What's a biblical imperative for forgive? Um, I need to understand that. And a lot of times when we give definitions for things, it's helpful if we define what they're not based on maybe what the rest of the world may think. So forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It doesn't mean that you wipe, like you're never going to remember that they hurt you or said that thing or did that thing to you. And you know that because you've experienced it. Like you can forgive people and still you're aware that it happened. There's an awareness there. So you have a memory of the offense. It's not saying that the person who did that to you wasn't completely wrong or that it wasn't sinful. And it's not saying that uh, you have to be a doormat for the rest of your life, for people in your life, right? You have to allow them to continue to abuse you or continue to hurt you. And um, I'm just going to, I'm just going to love you. I'm just going to send you a Christmas card anyway. It doesn't matter. So you have to build, you have to build some boundaries, right? But forgiving is different than forgetting. Those are not the same thing. Uh, you can actually forgive someone and still create those healthy boundaries in, in your life. You can forgive someone and say, listen, I got to let this thing go, but I'm also not stupid, right? So trust is a thing that takes time to build. It takes no time to lose. And what happens is for me and you, when we forgive people of an offense or something that they've done to us, if we really don't create, create some healthy boundaries, uh, they both serve us and them. Because all we do sometimes in relationships is when we're quick to forgive, but we don't actually set up some boundaries and some accountability, some rebuke, then, then we're actually enabling the other person to just come back and keep hammering. Like, they're still struggling in the same way because there's, no, there's nothing created on our end to really protect them and to protect us. And so we can forgive, and we still need to build a healthy relationship in the same way. So forgiveness is not forgetting, but forgiveness is also not fair. <laughs> forgiveness isn't fair. There's nothing fair about forgiveness. And that, that is the scandal that is grace. That is the God that we serve. It's so counterintuitive. It's so countercultural. It makes no sense on its face. Be, being forgiven is like, it's the wildest thing for broader culture because everything else in our life is about merit. It's based on merit. I'll do for you. It's transactional. I'll do for you if you do for me. Right? And if you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back. And so, but grace is insane and forgiveness is as well. It's not fair and it's not natural. Um, we, we tend to think of, man, if you hurt me, if you hit me, I'm going to pay you back. And then Jesus says, pray for your enemies. And, and in our flesh, if we're being real, we're like, I pray for my enemies. I pray that the Lord would deal mightily with my enemies. You know what I mean? I pray that the Lord would smite them. You know what I mean? I pray that there was a country song a few years ago where the guy was like, uh, I pray that your brakes go out when you go downhill. I don't know if you remember that song. I pray, uh, I pray for the flower pot to fall off the windowsill. And it's talking about hitting her in the head. And he was like, every day I pray for you. And it's, but it's not, that's not the type of prayers that we're talking about. Jesus is saying, not pray, don't pray about them. Like, a lot of times we pray about people. Like, we'll be in our prayers and we're praying about people, focused on them rather than focused on what God's trying to do in us. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I want you to pray for people. 
I want you to pray about them. I want you to pray for them, right? And so what's crazy is that we love it when God's not fair to us because, listen, forgiveness is not fair. And we love to be on the receiving end of that. But, um, but we struggle to extend it to others. And so also God's always just, but he's not always fair. And I'm so glad. This is Psalm 103, 10 through uh, 12. It says this, he does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. If you got a, if you got something to highlight or underline, highlight that as we deserve for his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. And then again, highlight or underline this part. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. And so he doesn't deal harshly with us, even though we deserve it. In his forgiveness, he's removed our sins as far as the east from the west. And so what is forgiveness? If it's not forgetting, if forgiveness is not fair, what is it? Biblically, forgiveness is giving others what God gives us in Jesus. So I'm giving you what I get. God always does a work in us. So he can do a work through us. That's, the, that's following Jesus. That's the Christian life, if you've never been told before. And you can only, he can only, some people desire to be used by God in great ways. That's awesome. But first, deal with me. First, deal with my lack of forgiveness. First, deal with my lack of honor. First, deal with my inability to love or my inability to submit or my inability to serve. Or my in, first, do a thing in me so that I preach a better message, a message that's actually your message instead of just putting your name on it. So a lot of times in cultural Christianity here in the Southeast, especially we will, we'll put something up on Facebook or we'll put something up on Insta, or we'll put something and we will just tell people we'll get the bumper sticker, but we, we really don't like do something in me so you can do something through me. And I can't extend forgiveness if I don't receive it. So forgiveness is giving others what God has given us in Jesus. And so my question, uh, my question to everybody here, have you been forgiven of anything? Have you, have you experienced grace? Do, have, you, have you come to the place, because this is also a part of the Christian life, you just realize you're broken and you need a Savior. Actually, that's starting place. If you're here and you're perfect, this message is not for, for you. Tune me out, right? As a matter of fact, if you're here and you're perfect, I really don't have anything to offer you. I'm like, really, it's not going to be good the rest of the time, okay? Just sit there. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I mean, if you're, if you got it all together, just look self-righteous. It'll be great. Okay. Just sit there. Self-righteous people are great at looking self-righteous. So, and also just as a church and culturally, like who we are as a church, um, the whole idea is to create a space for brokenness. The whole idea is to create a space for people who need God and who just are willing to will, uh, you're, you're willing to realize, man, I, I need what God has to offer for me. And so I desperately need what Jesus has to offer in the area of forgiveness. Um, this is what uh, Scripture tells us in James. He tells us in James 4, 6. He gives grace generously. As the Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so the idea is to humble ourselves. And the best way to express appreciation for grace that we receive or forgiveness that we receive is to give it away. I mean, it's not unlike generosity. This is exactly the same thing we talk about with generosity. Like, what's the best way for me to really express how grateful I am for how good God is to me? 
is to be generous to other people. What's the best way for me to express how grateful I am for how God loves me is to love other people. Same thing when it comes to forgiveness. And so I don't know what you've been forgiven of, but I've been forgiven of a lot over the course of my lifetime. I've been forgiven of sins. I've been forgiven of stealing. I've been forgiven of lying. I've been forgiven of cheating. I've been forgiven of having lustful thoughts. I've been forgiven of lust. I've been forgiven of having hateful thoughts. I've been forgiven of pride. I've been forgiven of doing hurtful things and betraying people. And that's really, if I'm just being honest with you, that's not an exhaustive list. And I'm the pastor. You know what I'm saying? Welcome. So just take inventory. What are the things that I've been forgiven of? What, what areas of my life have I experienced grace so that I can forgive other people? as God and Jesus has forgiven me. That's the power of the gospel, by the way. That's the thing that makes it work. The thing that makes it work is when God does a work in you and then like your friends and your neighbors and your family and everybody is like, whoa, that's different. What's, what's happening? And you're like, man, let me tell you what Jesus has done in my life. And I haven't arrived and I'm not perfect and I'm working on some things and but let me tell you how I feel freed from some things because I feel forgiven. And it just, that's the reason why, that's the reason, that's what works. That's what grows the local church. That's what extends his reach. That's what extends the kingdom. That's why people come to faith in Christ. That's why people get baptized. That's all the things that we do as a church is on the other side of people actually running the play. First John uh, 1, 8 and 9, it says this. If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and we're not living in the truth. But... If we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all, your Bible may say, righteousness or all unrighteousness or all wickedness. And so this ought to do two things to everybody here. It ought to humble you, man. It also, it also ought to encourage you. We're all sinners. We've all messed up, sinned against a God who's holy. And, and then in our repentance, our confession, our repentance, and turning back towards him, we experience some forgiveness, and then we're called to extend it. So question is like, what's sin? Right? If you're new to the Bible, new to faith, new to church, what's sin? In the original language, sin is it's an archery term. It just means you missed the mark. You shot an arrow, and bro, you totally missed it. You can miss the mark by this much, or you can miss the mark by a building's length. You know what I mean? Like you can miss it all over the place, but you missed. That's sin. And confession is the point... Confession is the point that you acknowledge that you missed, right? You shoot it. You didn't hit bullseye. It stabbed a guy or it's in a tree somewhere or whatever. You know, it's like, I missed, man. I totally missed the mark. And then, uh, so that's confession. Confession is the, the moment that you actually, you acknowledge the fact that you missed. And then repentance is when you actually align with bullseye. So confession, I missed. Repentance, Oh, there it is. There's bullseye. There's my target. And so um, that's what he teaches us in Scripture. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And so how is it that God can be, because God is both uh, just, like this is just who he is. God is a just God. But he's also unfair. And it's like, how does that even, how does that even work? And the way that it works, the way that he accounts for our sin, for our missing the mark, is that Jesus takes on our sin. That Jesus stands in the gap and he absorbs the blow. Here's my point. Forgiveness is costly. There's people in your life that have hurt you, that have betrayed you, that have done things to you, said things about you, physical abuse, sexual abuse, mental, emotional, ex-spouse, people you're dating. Like, a lot of times, here's what's crazy too, it's the people that are closest to us, almost always, 
So it's not some random stranger. It's, it's the people you're in, under a roof with. It's your kids. It's your spouse. It's your good friends and people like that who have a tendency to hurt you. Why? Because that proximity. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> like you would do it to others. Don't worry. But it's just like it's, it's just proximity. And so, but, and so forgiving people of offenses is costly because it's like, man, I'm having to absorb this blow. Like I'm having to take this on. And it's like, can we come up with a different model? No, that's the model. That's all we got to work with. And here's what's cool though. Even though it helps them heal and even though it's for them and even though it feels costly, it's actually for your good and for your freedom. And that's what God gives us over to. Your salvation and my salvation, it costs Jesus his life. So he goes through the cross. He goes through every bit of pain, suffering, all the hard things that he experiences for the joy that's set before him. And the joy that's set before him is you and me being reconciled to God. But also, let's be real, the joy that's set before him, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. His name is above every other name. Because of faithfulness, because of his obedience, you and I get to be in right relationship with God, get to have an eternity. Our forgiveness to others is going to cost you something. And there's a, um, but there's not a better way to preach with your life. It's the best, the best message you will ever give your whole life is that somebody hurts you and then you forgive them. Not something you post on social, not, not some book you quote, not some memorization of like, it's basically you, for, you take this and you put it into action with your life and they, nothing preaches better than that. Also, nothing's harder than that. So forgiveness is giving to others what God has given to us. And in other words, um, the gospel isn't just receiving forgiveness, because we love that. The gospel is also extending forgiveness. It's all of it matters. Like, we have to be a conduit. So forgiveness doesn't just flow to us, it flows through us. And the question is that for all of us is, how's your flow? How are we doing at extending? Jesus says, I want you to think about the Lord's prayer. Um, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm hitting with, you, with the King James Version because that's how we all memorized it. You know what I mean? On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. Yeah. And we just say that prayer without... How many times have you said that prayer with actually, with that, you don't stop and think about what you're actually saying? Because that prayer just culturally got baked, at least when I was a child. So if you played sports growing up, how many of you played sports growing up and you said that prayer in some kind of team huddle? You know what I'm talking about? Like everybody talking about things that are inappropriate, coaches are cussing at you, that kind of thing. And then and it's like, all right, take a knee, grab somebody, our father who aren't heavy. You know what I'm talking about? You remember? Or people that don't know how to pray, they go to that. Like, hey, we've memorized this thing. This is how Jesus teaches us how to pray. But what he teaches us in that passage of Scripture, he says, forgive us only as we forgive other people. That's what you're praying when you pray that prayer. And we never, we're always like, yeah, forgive us as we forgive other people. And Jesus is like, nope. You are forgiven only as you forgive other people. And we pray that prayer all the time, and we don't even stop and think about it, like the implications of that. But that's what we're called to do. So, why would God ask us to forgive? Why does he want us to do it? There's so many reasons why he asks us to forgive, and there's so many reasons why he uses that a vehicle. But one of the main reasons is because God loves you so much, 
And it's just like everything else we say, like God wants more for you than you want for yourself. God wants you to experience an abundant life. God wants you to experience freedom in areas of your life that you really don't feel free from. Areas of your life you have not extended forgiveness. Areas of your life that you lack the grace. Like God wants more for you. And he doesn't just ask us to forgive someone else to heal the other person because it is healing. Like it's super humbling. I don't know if you've ever done that where you've hurt someone else. There's been an offense. You know you're wrong. And they came to you and they said, hey, I forgive you. Like it's super humbling to be in that space. Also super healing. But here's what's wild. It actually heals you. It's actually for you. Because reconciliation is for the both of you. They could look at you and be like, man, I don't, you don't have to ask me. I mean, I don't, you don't need to forgive me. I didn't do anything. Some people will say that. And that's fine. Forgiveness is for you. And it'll heal you. That's what, that's what he's teaching us in scripture. Forgiving others, it may not, it may not set them free, but forgiving others will always set you free. And so, uh, we receive grace so that we can extend it. And God loves us. He's for us. He has this amazing plan for his kingdom and his message. And it only works if you take hold of forgiveness. That's the only way that we get to extend it is if we actually grab hold of it ourselves. And so, um, and I know that's hard. I know some of you are sitting here and you're thinking about all the things that have been done to you or the hard things that you've experienced, or maybe the relationships that have been broken, the you plus me, the one and others in your life that you've kind of written off. You're like, that season's over. That was decades ago. You still think about it. You still think about what the coworker said, what your boss did, what that person, that authority figure in your life did to you, what your spouse, person you dated. You still think about it. Still weighs you down. And Jesus tells us, hey, here's how you get forgiveness. Here's how you get freedom. Here's how you come alive. Forgive one another. How much so? Just like I forgave you. Which is crazy. Because Jesus comes, steps into a broken humanity. And again, I've already referenced it, but while we were still sinners, not when we had it together, or when we were obedient, or when we were trying to do the right thing, at our worst. Think about the worst thing you've ever done. In that moment, he died for you. In that moment, a just God clothed himself in humanity so that he could be unfair and offer you grace. And he goes, the Bible tells us, Luke 23 is this beautiful passage where Jesus is sandwiched between two sinners, and he has been beaten and betrayed and mocked and the the landscape is the bible tells us that he was beaten beyond recognition and and so he's he's on a cross one of the criminals next to him is mocking him the pharisees are mocking him the roman guard mocking him really if we're being honest in that moment all of humanity hey you thought you thought it was gonna work out like you thought you you thought you were something And Jesus is standing there, um, followers of him who left him, Peter who denied him, Judas who betrayed him. And and if if we're being real for a minute, you and me, on his mind in that moment, put him there. My sin, my brokenness, my unforgiveness, 
my inability, like all my humanity, put him there. Put him there. And Jesus in that moment, if you read through Luke 23, he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. You know what's crazy is a lot of times we we think you're forgiven. This ought to help you with forgiveness. If you have people who've hurt you in your life, or maybe you've hurt others, I'm telling you it's a blind spot. It's something you can't, it's a, it's, you lack an eternal perspective. If you saw things the way that Jesus sees things, if you saw people the way that God sees people, you would not hurt them. You wouldn't hurt them. You wouldn't make it, there would be no offense. There'd be no need for forgiveness. And so Jesus says, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. They don't know what they've done. And so I want you to think about who's hurt you, and I want you to think of forgiveness in terms of that. They had no idea. And you're like, no, they knew exactly what they were doing. No, they didn't. And you're like, well, they still willfully sin. They still willfully do these things. They still hurt me. They still say these things. They don't know. They don't know. I mean, the difference between the difference between Paul pre-Christ and Paul post-Christ is that he can see. Is that he can actually see who Jesus is and he's had a real encounter with Jesus and he's experienced the reality of the resurrection and the power of the Holy Spirit to do what he never could do before. And he knew all the rules. Like he knew all the rules and he was a good guy before by worldly standards and he was highly religious and all this kind of stuff, but he persecuted the church. Why? Because he couldn't see. And so there's people in your life and in my life, and if I'm being real, there's days, like this past week, things that I've said, things that I've done, offenses that I've... Why? Because in my moment, I forget who I am. I forget to have the perspective of Jesus over the perspective of God. And so I lack in that moment what I need in order to treat people the way that God calls me to treat. I don't love them well in that moment. I don't honor them well in that moment. I don't surrender my life fully to Jesus in that moment. So anywhere in your life that something's happened to you that requires forgiveness... I want you to think like Jesus. Say, Father, forgive them. They have no idea. And then think back to think back to Jesus on the cross, him standing in our place. Forgiveness doesn't, it doesn't change what happened, it doesn't change the past. It doesn't change what somebody did. It doesn't change what she said. It doesn't change the betrayal. Forgiveness changes you. So, so we got to stop asking this question because this is the question that we tend to ask. How much forgiveness do they deserve? And I want us to start asking this question. How much freedom do I want? Because that's, I mean, that's the goal. Like the goal is to get to a place and walk in our faith in such a way that when there's an offense, when there's hurt and there's pain, even at the craziest degree, we love to talk about people who extend grace in crazy ways, write books, and then we talk about the books instead of just doing the thing. Same power, same resurrection power that brought Jesus out of the grave is the same power at your disposal to live the Christian life and to follow Jesus. Same power. We see it in the New Testament church, and occasionally we'll see it today. And then we'll honor it, and we'll put somebody, well, hey, write a book about that. That's great. Go to a conference. Listen to them. Instead of us just doing the thing, do the thing. And it's hard. I know it's hard. But in Christ, you can do it. So, what's forgiveness? It's giving to others the very same thing that God's given to us.
And so I, here's my prayer, just like, just like the disciples, just like the apostles. Jesus, increase our faith. Increase our trust. Increase our dependency on you to do only what you can do in our life. And God, I'm speaking to, to some of the most significant pain today. And, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'd ask you to do what only you can do and increase our faith to forgive one another. Let me pray for us. So I want you to think right now, and you, you probably already are, about the areas of your life, the people in your life that you need to forgive. And I want you to just ask God, God, increase my faith. Increase my dependency, increase my trust. And really just give me a different perspective. Help me to see what you've done for me. Help me to see, God, that you've forgiven me. And help me to see the way that you really, you really free me. And help me to have real deliverance is to forgive the people in my life who've hurt me. So I want you to think about that person right now. The authority of figure, the spouse, the person you dated, friend, whoever, I mean, whatever. Fill in the blank. Think about them. And then I want you to ask God, God, give, increase my faith so that I can actually forgive them. And then God also increase my faith and increase my trust to give application to it. Not just, just think it, but to go and have a conversation. To confront where we need to confront. To rebuke where we need to rebuke. God, if they repent, I need to forgive. In any area of my life, I just need to extend forgiveness so I can be freed from, from holding on to it, letting it just eat me. And the reality is, is, man, you can't do for others. Like, God can't do a great work through you until he does a great work in you. And so until you realize, and maybe today's the first time, of what Jesus did for you when he came and he stood in the gap, a just God who came to extend unfairness and grace to me and you who don't deserve it. And for the first time ever, you say, Jesus, I want that ministry of reconciliation. I know that you came for me to be in right relationship with God. And you extend forgiveness. And today I want to accept it. For the very first time, I want to accept grace and fully surrender my life to you. If you're here today and you want to confess Christ as Lord, I want to give you an opportunity to do that and pray a prayer with me. If there's one person in this room, you say, that's me. I want to confess Jesus as Lord. Would you just raise your hand in the room and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. Just raise your hand right where you're at. I see your hand. Thank you. Is there anybody else? You're like, man, I need that. I need surrender. I need forgiveness. I need what he has to offer right where you're at. Just pray this prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. In response to what you've done for me, I go all in. And I fully surrender. I see you on the cross. I see you crucified. I see you dying a death that you didn't deserve looking down on people who mocked you, looking down on people who betrayed you, looking down on people who didn't understand and you offer forgiveness. In the middle of the greatest pain ever, in the middle of the greatest betrayal ever, you say, God, forgive them. And so I take a hold of that forgiveness today so that I can live out the call that you have on my life, so that I can really love people well. So that I can be in right relationship with you and God, so that I can learn better to forgive one another. Lord, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Bye.